Uh, so welcome everyone. Today we're going to take a look at um, how you can um, further explore some of the features available in your core expression analysis uh, by taking a look at some of those um, tabs that you typically don't see in the beginner um, webinars. Now, before we get started, I just want to let you know that the product that I'll be showing today is intended for molecular biology applications only. This is not intended for the diagnosis, prevention, or treatment of a disease. And so just to kind of give you guys a reminder uh, of the features that are available in today's uh, webinar. Uh, so if you have any questions, please utilize that Q&A box that's located at the bottom of your screen. This is going to help us keep track of what questions are being asked and then what questions are being answered. Now, I am going to try to make this attractive just to get a feel for um, what I'm presenting and how relevant it is to you. So for that, you should see a raise hands button located at the bottom of your screen. If so if you guys can please just uh, go ahead and just click on that button so that I know that it's working for those of you that are attending today's webinar. And so again, that raise hand button is going to be located here at the bottom of the screen. So I can see that many of you are able to uh, locate and utilize that uh, button. Now, if you guys uh, experience any um, technical difficulties, uh, please let us know through chat and we'll try to help you as best as we can. And so today we'll start off with an introduction to uh, engineering pathway analysis, IPA, and do an overview of activity prediction. And so here we'll look at Z-score and how that information is utilized in predicting pathway activity. We will then take a deeper dive into the core expression analysis and really explore the upstream analysis tab to identify some mechanistic networks and uh, causal networks that can be of interest um, in your study. And then look at uh, regulator effects uh, to discover new potential mechanisms of action. And then lastly, we'll take a look at some new features that are available in IPA. And so IPA is a powerful tool that allows you to analyze and interpret different types of omic data within a biological context. And so with IPA, you can study how a set of regulated regulatory molecules um, that work together you can study how a set of regulatory molecules that work together to drive the expression changes observed in your data set um, look like. And so when you identify a, a regulator of interest, um, you can open up its mechanistic network to see how that regulator is connected to different uh, regulators and see how these connecting uh, regulators uh, work together to influence the expression changes that are observed um, from downstream targets coming from your data sets. And so utilizing this network, you can take advantage of causality and directionality in IPA's knowledge base to see how the nodes within this network uh, lead to the predicted uh, increase in the activation of T lymphocytes, which contributes to the pathology of ulcerative colitis, which is um, the uh, use case that we'll be uh, focusing on today. In addition to looking at a set of molecules, uh, you can identify um, master regulators that could control the expression changes observing your data. And so here you can uh, score these um, hierarchical uh, networks and visualize the predicted impact the master regulator has on uh, ulcerative colitis, uh, for example, allowing you to identify novel ways in which you can target your phenotype of interest. Now, when you look at a study in IPA, one of the results of an expression analysis is to uh, discover 
network connecting a phenotype or function to regulatory molecules using your data. And so here you can see how uh, different uh, regulators through your data set molecules connect to different functions that contribute to the pathogenesis of ulcerative colitis. And so with this, you can discover novel relationships and generate a hypothesis that can explain how the activation of this um, upstream regulator affects the expression of the downstream targets uh, within your data and how that expression impacts the activity of this function overall. And so these are some of the um, networks that we'll be looking at today. Are these the types of networks that you just like you are interested in seeing? I'm going to go ahead and just launch uh, a quick poll just to get some feedback uh, to see if you guys um, would like to see, um, would like to see um, whether these networks um, that we're currently looking at is something that you would also uh, find interesting um, looking in your data. And so again, if you guys can just um, take a quick uh, look at that poll and just uh, let us know. So while that is going on, um, one of the ways to illustrate how IPA has been used um, in the literature is to do a simple Google Scholar search for engineering pathway analysis tag. And so here, uh, when you just restrict to the uh, more recent uh, studies, uh, you can see that the engineering pathway analysis tag shows up in over um, 17,000 results. And so this illustrates how widely utilized IEPA is in analyzing data from different types of studies and how it can be utilized uh, to publish your results. Now we can pull up some of these recent studies to give you examples of how IEPA has been used and to give you some context into the different types of data that uh, have been used as well, as well as the different uh, systems that have been used um, in IPA. And so one of Example uh, that utilize IPA is uh, this um, cancer study that used expression data to build a network in silico of how molecules within data set um, colored in either green or uh, red might interact with other molecules related to tumoral genesis. Now, another example is uh, the study that focused on Alzheimer's disease. And so here uh, they utilize networks to get a better understanding of how the different proteins um, might interact with key uh, cellular functions uh, that are related to um, Alzheimer's. And then um, lastly, uh, this study uh, utilized heat maps to compare between uh, severe and mild disease and to find key biological aspects uh, from these expression profiles, um, looking at inflammatory cells within um, COVID-19. And so uh, you can see that IPA supports multiple types of data looking at different systems uh, from cancer all the way down to a viral infection. And so with this, let's go ahead and now look at activity prediction in IPA. And so in IPA, activity prediction is powered by relationships and molecular interactions defined in the literature. And so our curation team goes through the literature. Uh, they pull out relationships in appropriate contexts uh, for these um, 
relationships to understand interactions between molecules and associations between molecules and disease. And we define these as findings. And so as an example from this location, um, our curators pulled out that um, IL-6 protein increases activation of IL-6 receptor protein, a defining and activating relationship between um, IL-6 and um, IL-6R. So in this context, um, IL-6 leads to increase IL-6R activity. Now, when we talk about um, activity prediction, IPA takes the causality and directional information curated here from the literature to predict how the directional information from your data impact molecular relationships and associations. And so here, um, the increased expression of IL-6 represented by red uh, would lead to predicted activation of um, IL-6R activity represented by orange as was found in the paper. And the decrease expression of IL-6 represented by green uh, would lead to a predicted inhibition of IL-6R um, activity represented by blue. And so you can see how we can take the information from the literature um, to predict uh, what's gonna happen uh, to nodes uh, that are interacting uh, with each other. And so for activity prediction, a statistic that IPA uses is in uh, the core analysis is gonna be the uh, C-score statistic. And so C-score is used to measure how closely the expression pattern of molecules um, observed in your data set compares to the expression pattern that is expected uh, based on the literature for a particular canonical pathway, upstream regulator, disease, or function. And so here in your uh, data set, uh, five genes are upregulated, and then three genes are downregulated. So IPA, so what IPA does is it compares the directional information coming from uh, your data to the directional information coming from IPA's knowledge base. And so in this example, IPA found that all matched except for one, uh, which is shown here in yellow. And so it gives a positive score of one to each match. If there is a negative match, it gives it a score of negative one. IPA then adds all of these numbers and puts them into an equation to calculate uh, the z-score. And so a positive z-score represents a prediction of activation and a negative z-score represents a prediction of inhibition. And so IPA uses a z-score calculations uh, in two ways. And so one of the main ways IPA uses uh, Z-score is to make predictions about the activation state of canonical pathways, uh, regulators, diseases, and functions. And so for, the, for IPA to do this, it does require that you have some sort of differential expression um, or phosphorylation data associated with the data set that you're uploading into IPA. And what it does is it compares the expression or phosphorylation patterns of the molecules in your data to what is known in the literature in IPA's knowledge base. And so in IPA, a Z-score uh, that is greater than or equal to uh, two 
uh, means that we are making a prediction that something is activated. And then um, a z-score that is less than or equal to negative two means that we're making a prediction that something is inhibited. Now, IP also um, calculates a separate z-score for the analysis match feature that's available in IPA. And so this feature seeks to identify other analysis that are very similar or dissimilar to your analysis results. And so here, a z-score that has, a z-score that has um, a greater two or equal to uh, two means that we are predicting that two analysis are very good matches, while a z-score um, less than or equal to negative two yields a prediction of an anti-match. So in other words, um, the two analysis show very different biological signatures. Now pathway activity uh, enables you to quickly determine if a canonical pathway is activated or inhibited. And so C-score is used to statistically compare the expression patterns uh, from your data set with the canonical uh, pathway patterns based on the literature findings in IPA's knowledge base. And so uh, the pathway patterns um, is calculated by taking into account the activation state of one or more key molecules when the pathway is activated and also the molecules causal relationships uh, with each other based on the literature findings to generate an activity pattern for the molecules and also the uh, downstream uh, functions uh, associated with this pathway where red is increase expression or activation and then uh, green is uh, decrease expression. And so when the expression patterns uh, from your data set is similar to the canonical pathway pattern, uh, the pathway is predicted to be activated in your data. And this is represented by a positive z-score. Now, when the expression patterns from your data are opposite to the uh, canonical pathway pattern, uh, that pathway is predicted to be inhibited and is represented by a negative uh, z-score. And so just a show of hands, um, how many of you have a clear understanding of um, prediction uh, activity uh, within um, IPA? I can see that uh, many of you have a much uh, clearer understanding. And so now we're going to look at the different uh, networks that result from a uh, core expression analysis. And so the data that we will be working with today was obtained uh, from this uh, published study in which they compare ulcerative colitis patients um, to uh, controls. And so we will utilize uh, IPA to identify relevant mechanistic networks, uh, causal networks, and uh, relator effects. Now, when you open up IPA, uh, you're going to see an interface that looks like this. And so the, the create a new button is going to provide you with the options to start different functions in IPA, like upload a data set or start a core analysis. Uh, the search bar allows you to leverage IPA's powerful knowledge base uh, to search for a gene of interest under the genes and chemicals tab 
or a disease of interest under the disease and functions tab and get more information about either that gene or that disease. Here on the left-hand side, you have the project manager window that stores all the data. And so here you will find the data that you've uploaded and any analysis uh, that you run in the My Project subfolders. And so here you can open up an analysis by simply uh, selecting it and doing a double click. And so when you open it, uh, you will see uh, results for um, pathways, option regulators, and its functions in different tabs. Uh, the top five results uh, for these tabs are going to be summarized in the summary tab, which is a default tab uh, that you uh, see when you open up that analysis. And so today we will be looking at the upstream analysis tab. Um, this list, this table lists uh, different upstream regulators that could influence the gene expression changes observing your data sets. And so within this tab, we have the uh, mechanistic networks and the uh, causal networks. We'll also look at the regula regulator effects tab. And so let's go ahead and begin with the upstream analysis tab. Now let's say that you are working in a academic group or a pharma company, and you are interested in finding which key regulators are driving a specific treatment or condition, but digging through the literature to find the key regulators in your study might take a long time. With the upstream analysis uh, function in IPA, you can quickly prioritize the top regulators that drive the expression changes of serving your data. And so using uh, the upstream analysis tab, you can identify uh, individual upstream regulators that can explain the gene expression changes observed in your data set. Mechanistic networks allows you to get a deeper insight into how multiple upstream regulators interact with each other and how they um, affect the expression of the genes in your data set. And then finally, uh, mechanistic, I mean, causal networks allow you to identify a master regulator and score genes, a disease, or biological functions against this uh, causal network. And so you can uncover um, hidden connections between your master regulator, your upstream regulator, and your uh, data set genes. And so together, IPA's upstream analysis feature allows you to gain deeper insights into how uh, different key molecules, um, key regulators affect biological processes uh, in your uh, research. And so I'm going to go ahead and go into the software. And so to open up um, your analysis, you would just simply go to your project manager and just double click on that analysis of interest. And so today we're going to be looking at uh, alternative colitis versus normal. Now, for those of you that uh, want to follow along, uh, this exact same analysis can be easily located um, in your project manager, um, my projects subfolders. So if you um, scroll and identify your example analysis folder, 
Um, this folder contains a different uh, analysis uh, to give you an idea of the different types of data that IPA can be utilized. And so here uh, you can sort of browse and take a look at the different types of analysis that can be performed in IPA. Um, and so the analysis that we're going to be looking at um, can also be found uh, within the example analysis folder. So if you go under example analysis and then select the analysis folder, uh, if you scroll down, you will see uh, the study, which is a GSE 73661 IBD. And so here, uh, you can go ahead and select the alternative colitis, which is going to be pretty similar to the data sets that we're going to be looking at. So again, um, you can access the same data set by simply uh, going into your um, example analysis uh, folder located within uh, your uh, My Project subfolders. So I'm just gonna go ahead and just maximize my screen so you guys can see a little bit better. And so when you open up a core expression analysis, you will have uh, results for pathways, uh, upstream regulators, uh, disease and functions in uh, different tabs. And so today we're going to begin by taking a look at the upstream analysis. And so in upstream analysis, uh, the default tab is gonna be uh, upstream regulators. So here IPA looks at um, any uh, regulatory molecule uh, in the knowledge base and identifies uh, downstream targets uh, within your data. IPA compares the direction of expression of downstream targets in your data to literature to predict which uh, regulatory molecule is predicted to be activated or inhibited, thereby allowing you to find key molecules that could be driving the expression changes observed in your data. Now here, IPA is going to uh, capture uh, regulatory molecules both from your data sets, and these are molecules uh, that you've uploaded, where the red represents an upregulation of expression, and then the green represents a downregulation of expression, and molecules outside of your data set that can serve as regulators for various genes in your data. And so this table here uh, lists information about individual regulators, and these can be uh, genes, microRNAs, proteins, drugs, chemicals, and more. Now taking a look at this table, uh, there are over 6,000 uh, regulators, which may not be very helpful. And so for that reason, um, this table has different filtering options that is available to narrow things down to a list of um, regulators that may be of interest to you. Now, for those of you that are looking for specific regulators within their data, uh, you can easily use this upstream regulator filter. Click on that little filter icon and then type in your regulator of interest and look for it that way. And so here you can see which regulators are present in your data set. So if you want to focus on those found within your data, uh, you can use that little filter icon. So let's say that we want to filter for those that are present. So you can do a filter for those that have at least a log ratio of one and apply that filter. And then here uh, you can uh, see what type of molecules those regulators are. Now let's say that you are interested in transmembrane receptors. So we can easily click on that little filter icon 
and select our um, molecule type of interest. So in this case, we can scroll down until we select transmembrane receptors and then apply that filter. Now, activation uh, C-score predicts the activity of the regulator, not the expression. So an IPA, a C-score of two or higher, gives a prediction of significant activation, and a Z-score of negative two and lower gives a prediction of significant inhibition. So here we can use this little filter icon to filter for uh, significance. So in this case, we can use the little icon and type in an absolute value of two to filter for significant activation or inhibition. And then this column uh, tells you how many genes in your data sets are targeted by um, a upstream uh, regulator. So if you are looking for specific downstream targets, um, you can use uh, this filter icon to type in those specific targets uh, that you are interested in. And now the last column that you see on your screen is the mechanistic uh, network. And so this feature is designed to show you how multiple upstream regulators interact with each other and their target genes. And so this gives you a deeper insight into how sets of connected uh, upstream regulators can work together to elicit the gene expression changes of serving your data. Now, these upstream regulators may not be independent of each other. Uh, the regulator can affect a gene in your data set through interactions of one or more upstream regulators. And so taking a look at uh, this table, let's go ahead and uh, use ICAM1 as an example, since it's involved in leukocyte trans uh, endothelial migration, which is relevant to the uh, pathology of ulcerative colitis. Now, if we take a look at the uh, mechanistic network column, uh, here in the mechanistic uh, network uh, column, the number in the column indicates the total number of molecules or genes in the data set that are downstream of the regulators. And then the number in parentheses is going to indicate the total number of regulators involved in this network. And so here we have uh, 17 uh, upstream regulators that participate in this network, and they are influencing the expression changes of over more than 1,100 uh, genes coming from your data sets. And so you can click at the hyperlink under the mechanistic networks tab to take a look at this uh, network in more details. And so again, you can easily open up that mechanistic network by simply going to the column and then clicking on that uh, hyperlink. So I'm just gonna go ahead and open up this window a little bit better. And I'm just gonna zoom in um, so you guys can see this uh, better. And so here we have a network of upstream regulators that interact with um, ICAM-1. And we can see that I you can see how ICAM1 is connected to these other uh, regulators. 
And so the table at the bottom uh, contains information about genes in your data set that are targeted uh, by these upstream regulators. Now, the upstream uh, regulators in a mechanistic network often affect uh, many target genes, which would be very uh, difficult to view all at once in one network. And so for that, uh, you can use this table located down here below to find a target gene or a molecule that is affected by a particular upstream regulator. And then you can always um, add it to the network to see how that particular target uh, from your data set uh, interacts with these um, upstream regulators. And so here you can see um, the name of the gene coming from your data set how it is behaving in your data set, and then what type of molecule uh, that uh, gene is. And so the targets um, are coming from your data set are going to be uh, arranged in alphabetical order. Now, further examining this table, you can see that um, each upstream regulator uh, in this network has its own column, and you can see that each target molecule coming from your data set has an annotation about the upstream regulator's um, activation status. And so if we hover over with our mouse, let's just go to this one. Um, so if we hover over, um, you can see an explanation as to uh, why IPA has made this prediction. And so here, for example, uh, we can see how um, this um, gene and uh, this particular uh, regulator um, are interacting. So you can see that um, this is known to be upregulated uh, by this particular uh, regulator. And uh, you can see that it's downregulated. So it's, it's making the prediction of inhibition. Now you can also uh, filter uh, the upstream regulators based on their activation status. So here, for example, we go to the ICAM-1, uh, we can remove any of these uh, targets that uh, don't have an effect by just simply checking off the unrelated and then applying that onto uh, the filter. And so, can do this um, across on these uh, different uh, columns as well. Now clicking on the regulator on the chart is going to tell you what genes in your data set are downstream and affected by this uh, regulator. So if we take a look at ACAM1, for example, uh, the table lists all of the genes uh, that are targeted by this uh, particular upstream regulator. Now, if you want to find a target molecule that is affected by two upstream regulators, uh, for example, like um, ICAM1 and um, ITGB2, you can simply select these two and you can um, see um, the genes displayed on this table um, of all of those targets uh, that are involved between uh, these two uh, particular uh, regulators of interest. Now you can also choose uh, multiple regulators. So let's say that you're interested in uh, knowing uh, what common uh, downstream targets are found within these three uh, regulators. You can simply uh, select those and then take a look at that table down here um, to identify those uh, common regulators. 
And so just a show of hands, how many of you would find this uh, interactive uh, network and chart useful in terms of identifying uh, maybe some downstream targets uh, that you were, are currently working with and looking at looking up to see what are some of those molecules that could be influencing those uh, targets. So I could see that many of you uh, would find such a feature uh, useful. Now let's say you know that you're interested in these um, genes right here. So we can simply um, select your uh, target genes and you can click to add to network to see how those genes um, are influenced by uh, the upstream regulators uh, present in your network. And so again, to add any um, genes coming from your data set, you can simply just select them and then add to network. And so here you can see how um, these sets of upstream regulators not only are working together, but how those are working together to influence the expression changes observed in your data. And so here you can see how um, the predicted, the um, upregulation of these regulate of these genes from your data set are being uh, influenced by these uh, upregulators that are predicted uh, to be activated. Now, taking a look at um, this network, uh, you can see that ADM, uh, which is involved in vasodilation, uh, which again is uh, relevant to the pathology of ulcerative colitis, you can see that it's upregulated in uh, your uh, data set. Um, and so you may want to know what the expression of um, ADM looks like across different diseases. Here in ulcerative colitis, it's upregulated, but is it upregulated in other um, inflammatory bowel disease uh, conditions? And so this is where you can use Slide Explorer to look at sample level expression data from public sources such as GEO, SRA, and more. And so you can access uh, Land Explorer by simply um, clicking uh, here, or you can access it by going into the uh, Genes and Chemicals tab and then typing in your gene of interest. So here, when we type in our gene of interest, is going to auto populate. And so in this case, we can um, just go ahead and click on the hyperlink under the symbols column. And what this is going to do is this is going to open up your browser where you will see the gene view page displaying different information about that particular gene of interest. Uh, but here users will focus on this Omicsoft uh, section uh, that has a set of links uh, where you can take a look at the different types of data that is available from the public domain, such as RNA-seq data, microarray data, single cell data, uh, for normal tissue, for cell lines, uh, for oncology, uh, studies and then from non-oncology studies. And so here we can take a look at the RNA-seq expression of um, ADM by simply going into the RNA-seq column and then selecting human disease to look at those non-oncology um, studies. And so what this is going to do is this going to uh, launch 
Plan Explorer, which is a nice integration um, between IP and Omic software. We have data for hundreds of thousands of samples, all processed using the same pipeline. And so here um, you can take a look at the sample level expression of um, ADM across these different uh, disease conditions. And so this can give you an idea of whether IDM is a good target uh, for that tissue that you're working with or that cell line that you're working with. And so here, if you wanted to know, for example, if ADM is a good target for um, IBD, is it also upregulated in other conditions? Uh, you can use these filters on the right-hand side um, to filter out information that you don't want. So here, if we remove everything and only select um, inflammatory bowel disease, and apply that filter. Uh, you can see how your particular uh, gene of interest is expressed across these different inflammatory bowel um, samples. And so here we can just simply reorganize that data and group it by a disease state. And so you can see how um, ADM is upregulated in ulcerative colitis compared to other conditions uh, such as Crohn's disease. Uh, that are relevant to uh, inflammatory bowel disease. And so just to show hands, how many of you are interested in not only looking at the expression level coming from, expression data coming from your data set, but you would also be interested in looking at expression level data coming from uh, public studies uh, such as GEO, SRA, CGA, and more. So I can see that many of you are interested. And so this feature um, is easily um, available by simply utilizing the uh, Land Explorer. Uh, feature. And so going back to our network, um, IPA has many features that users like you can utilize to further customize their network. And so let's say that you find this network interesting and you want to know how this network influences the activation of T lymphocytes, which is again relevant to the pathology of ulcerative colitis, but you don't want to spend hours uh, reading through the literature. Uh, because the database in IPA is causal and directional, you can quickly see how this network and activation of T lymphocytes are connected. And so for that, we can use the search bar under the uh, disease and functions tab and search for our function of interest, which is activation of T lymphocytes. And so as we type in, um, it's going to auto-populate. So we can just go ahead and select that. Now here, when you search for a uh, function, you're going to get a hierarchy of different uh, functions, as well as the molecules associated with that function. So whether you're looking at activation of tenovocytes from a inflammatory response standpoint or from an immune cell trafficking standpoint, the number of findings are the same. So in this case, I'm just gonna go ahead and select one and I'm gonna go ahead and add it to that current pathway that we have open, which is our ICAM-1 network. So we're gonna go ahead and select that. And in this case, we want to add the disease as a node, uh, not the molecules that it is associated with. So for that, we would just click on the OK. And so here we have our function of interest and then our network. And so to see how our network is connected to activation of T lymphocytes, uh, we can go into the built menu 
I go ahead and just center that and use the Path Explorer option. And so here we can select our network, add it to the set A box, select our function, add it to the set B box. And we're looking at how our network is connected to our function. So for that, we can go ahead and set the direction from A to B and apply that information. And so when we take a look at this Path Explorer tab, we can see that there are 15 ways in which our network connects to activation of genotocytes. So we're gonna go ahead and select to add those connections and add to my pathway. And so here, what IPA is doing, it's querying its knowledge base to find a different, to put those connections together. And again, taking into account that directional um, and causal information to see how our network is going to influence um, this predicted, this function. And so here you can see that um, the uh, information coming from the network leads to a predicted um, activation of uh, T uh, lymphocytes. And so with this um, network, uh, you can do further, further customization. So let's say for example, uh, you are not um, interested in all these connections, but only certain types of connections. You can always go into the Path Explorer option where you can decide to trim certain connections or networks of interest, relationships, or keep and then further uh, refine that uh, network. So just a show of hands, um, how many of you uh, can see yourselves using this feature, allowing you to not only use a network that um, the core analysis has generated, but allowing you to further customize it by adding a um, function or um, a disease of interest and see how those two things are related. So I can see that uh, many of you would find um, such a feature useful. And so here, uh, not only can you um, decide what type of features um, to uh, keep, let's say for example, that you, know, you wanna keep um, interactions that are activating and uh, inhibiting. You can select those and then apply. And it's going to remove everything except for those that are relevant. And you can always undo that um, as well. And then the overlay uh, menu allows you to um, annotate additional information. So if you want to take a look at this network and see, you know, what are some biomarkers that may be present in your network, uh, you can go into the overlay menu and then select the uh, biomarkers. And so what this is going to do is it's going to um, provide you with information of known biomarkers present within your network. And so if we sort by disease, we can see that we have um, some 
biomarkers that um, are associated with, let's see, with uh, colorectal cancer. And so uh, colon cancer is associated uh, with ulcerative colitis. And so here you can see that there are some um, known uh, biomarkers that are associated with uh, colorectal cancer. Um, so if you're interested in seeing and studying how this disease is, may progress towards colon cancer, these are some of the markers that you can um, take a look at and focus in more detail. And then lastly, if you wanna know what pathways are associated with your network, uh, you can also annotate that information by going to the uh, pathway section under overlay, and then take a look at uh, the different pathways of uh, these particular um, no molecules within your network are associated with. And so here you can see that um, colorectal uh, cancer metastatic signaling pathway is um, enriched uh, in this uh, network where we have over 11 uh, different molecules that are associated with that particular pathway. And so this information uh, can be useful to sort of further um, explore uh, the, the findings within this particular network of interest. And so with this, I'm just gonna go ahead and just take a quick break to answer any questions that have arised. Thank you, Araceli. Uh, and what we'll do is we'll launch this uh, poll to see how we are doing on the speed. And sometimes uh, some users are interested in variant data as well. And accordingly, there's a question for uh, that. Uh, one quick note for those who join a bit late, if you are interested in slides, then I'm repasting them in the chat box. So these are Aristotle slides from today's presentation. Uh, you covered upstream regulator not long ago. And when you covered, there's a question came up. On my screen, there is a column named flags. Some of the rows have value of bias. Could you explain this a little bit? Um, so bias is letting you know that there is a bias in terms of the directional expression of your data. So let's say that you had a data set that had a thousand uh, molecules and uh, 900 of them were upregulated and only a hundred of them were downregulated. Then your data set would just, would be, would have a bias towards upregulation since there's uh, 900 of them that are upregulated. And so the bias uh, flag just lets you know that the downstream targets for that particular regulator are biased towards a particular direction of expression. All right, and then Kyle has requested this question to be answered live. Since we added a disease function to the network and it appears to be activated, can we get the Z-score of that predicted activation from such a manual pathway manipulation, manual my pathway manipulation? Um, so, the C-score for this particular problem? Yeah, yeah, so actually, let me just break this down. So first and foremost, um, if a person wanted to like say customize network, make it like user's custom pathway, and then uh, calculate enrichment and activity in future core analysis, is that now possible in IPA? Uh, yes, so when you save a pathway, um, if you take a look at your core expression analysis, let me just go ahead and go back to my analysis. Here we go. Uh, if you go to the pathways, you will now see my pathways mm -hmm. option available. So it's 
that takes some time to upload. Uh, but here, what IPA does is it takes and in, takes into account those pathways that you have created and automatically uh, scores them. And so that's a feature that's now available for the analysis. right. And one one note on what you describe is when you save, you have to approve the pathway, right? Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Otherwise, it won't it won't do that. And then uh, I, I believe what is being asked here, like for the question I mentioned, is you know, like say someone adds uh, disease or function to the network, customize the network, and then makes it my pathway. Can we get a Z score of that? So does this answer the question, Araceli? Uh, yeah, so if you, so if you, um, so if we were to take this network that we're creating and convert into a pathway, uh, once when you run the analysis, it is going to um, score the whole network, including the disease as well. Right. And just like a small note on this, I mean, this is uh, due to the recent release, right? Like with each release, like we add new stuff. Um, one thing to keep in mind is uh, you have to have colors on these networks. So you have to fill up like, you know, what genes or proteins should be up, what genes or proteins should be down, so on and so forth for uh, IPA to calculate activity. So if you just like say have like a blank network with just everything white and then you save it as my pathway, then activity for that won't be calculated. You, you have to have like, you know, what is up, what is down, what is activated, what is inhibited for this to be calculated. And I feel that deeper, we just like go verbally, we might just confuse the audience. So what we do request of you is if you are not sure what we just covered, reach out to us, send email to support. If you know Kajin Rap, like you know, reach out to Kajin Rap, maybe we can set up with a uh, meeting with a fast and then we can go into this stuff in uh, more details. Um, can IPA be utilized for cancer pathways as well? Uh, yes. So IPA does have a wide range of different cancer associated pathways. Uh, but again, if you have your own pathway, um, you can use it as, as well. So um, feature that I used here, you can create your own network, your own pathway, and then um, see how your data is expressed within that network as well. Are causal networks and regular effects available in comparison analysis? So um, causal networks, Regulator effects, um, actually, that's a good question. I haven't looked at it uh, recently, but I can go ahead and um, actually just create one really quick. So if we add these two data sets, by going to the create new and comparison analysis, uh, we do have the regulator effects. Um, so here on drug stream analysis, um, we do have one for causal networks as well. So we do have for causal networks and then we also have one for uh, regulatory effects. While it's loading, I'll just make a quick comment. So for causal networks, you'll have heat map like Araceli showed on her screen. 
for regulatory effect, you won't have heat map. And the reason behind that is regulatory effects are going to be very custom to your each individual analysis. And accordingly, you know, it would be very difficult, if not impossible, to create a heat map for that. But you can still compare, like, you know, which are the networks that are similar across your analysis whenever this ends up loading. Um, while it's loading, perhaps we can uh, take like one or two more uh, questions. Um, one thing that oftentimes people ask us is like, how frequently is the database for IPA updated? So Araceli, I know it's loaded, so you can choose to answer things in any order you like. Um, so IPA is uh, updated on a weekly and quarterly basis or findings are updated on a weekly basis. And then we do have those major um, upgrades, uh, new features on, on a quarterly basis. So here you can see the regulatory effects. So it's gonna combine um, those different networks that are uh, generated for each of these studies into one um, table. So you can see uh, from what analysis those networks are coming from and then take a look at those networks. And so this is something that, we'll, that this section will cover on uh, later on. All right, so given time uh, to our attendees, please continue submitting more questions. But again, given time, you know, I'll pass it to Araceli because Araceli wants to cover more stuff in this training and we'll take another live Q&A break uh, shortly. Back to you, Araceli. Thanks, so thanks everyone for the questions. Um, so next we're gonna go ahead and take a look at the causal networks tab. And so, um, Again, just to kind of highlight, um, you can access Lang Explorer for those of you that are interested um, by either clicking on the Lang Explorer or searching for that gene of interest. And so causal networks is a unique feature that allows you to identify master regulators that drive gene expression patterns coming from your data set. And so IPA's knowledge base contains findings for molecular interactions coming from literature and uses IPA, and IPA uses that information to create these networks. Now I described um, how you can identify upstream regulators that have direct connections to genes in your data set. Now in contrast, um, causal networks create uh, hierarchical networks that consist of multiple links between your master regulator, intermediate regulators, and your um, target genes from your data set. And so we can identify these novel master regulators, even if there is no direct information in the literature that indicates that this regulator is affecting uh, the expression of your genes in your data sets. Now, this is possible because there is information in the literature uh, that says that this master regulator activates or inhibits one or more of these intermediates, which these in turn affect your uh, the targets um, found in your uh, data set. Therefore, you can generate a hypothesis about how the master regulator um, controls the expression of your genes within your data set through uh, these intermediate uh, regulators. A very useful feature associated with causal networks is that you can see how um, the master regulator connects um, directly or indirectly and influences uh, downstream biological functions um, that you're interested in by simply scoring um, this network against it. Now, before I go over causal networks, I'll briefly show you how to set up the causal network scoring parameters when you are creating uh, your core analysis. Now, we're not gonna go over how to create a core analysis in details, but for those of you that are new to IPA, uh, we do have uh, recordings and step-by-step -step slides that are available to you. And so with this, um, 
it's going to go and quickly um, show you how to set up the parameter. So typically, I just start an analysis, you would go to create new, and then you would select core analysis. And so here, um, you would select uh, the data set that you're interested in. So in this case, rather than uploading a new one, I can just select one that has been uh, pre-uploaded. And so this is going to take you to that um, core analysis um, setup window where you can uh, set up the uh, filters and filter for significance um, to analyze uh, your data. And so here um, in this uh, top uh, portion, to set up uh, the scoring, we can simply go to uh, the networks uh, section. And so in the uh, network option, you have the option to score or annotate the causal networks against a specific molecule or a disease or a function that you are interested in. And so this step is optional. You don't have to do this every time you run the core analysis. This is only when you are interested in tying a causal network to a biological function. And so here, you know, you're interested in finding how mass regulators uh, within this data set affect ulcerative colitis. And so we can go ahead and uh, click on the add button. And so here, when we click on add, we're going to get this little uh, box where you can um, go under the disease and functions and type in our function of interest and then search. So for those of you that are interested in scoring your network um, to a particular gene, you can go under the genes, or if there's a particular drug that you're interested in, you can go under the genes and chemicals here. And so in this case, you would just simply select ulcerative colitis and click okay. And so now um, IPA is going to attempt to annotate each master regulator that is in your data set or coming from IPA's knowledge base and see how it is impacting um, ulcerative colitis. And so the next thing that you would do is you would set up your significance cutoff and then click on run analysis um, to um, continue with that analysis. I'm just going to go ahead and click on cancel. Uh, but once you do so, if you go back to your summary tab and under um, the analysis setting, if you take a look at the networks, you can see that your data set um, has been scored. And so in this case, uh, this data set has been scored for um, ulcerative uh, colitis. So here we can go to the causal networks tab under uh, upstream analysis. And so this table is arranged in such a way that each row gives you uh, network information for a uh, particular uh, master uh, regulator. And so those with expression values are going to be coming from your data set. And those with no expression values are going to be coming from IPA's knowledge base. And so here uh, you can see what type of molecule that master regulator is. So let's say that we are interested in, in looking at master regulators that are transmitter receptors because we want to um, eventually uh, design an experiment where we can block that receptor. So for that, we can click on our little filter icon and select our molecule type of interest. So we're looking at transmembrane uh, receptors. This column um, shows you the regulators that participate in a particular network. 
And so you can uh, view the different types of regulators by just clicking on that um, hyperlink that's present in the column. Now this depth column provides you with information about the degree of separation uh, between um, the master regulator and its um, target genes. And so um, a depth of one uh, would mean that the master regulator is um, directly targeting a set of genes in your data set. Um, a depth of two um, means that there is one intermediate regulator between that master regulator and your target genes. And then a depth of three means that there are three hops between a master regulator and your target genes. And so let's say that you know, we're interested in looking at those master regulators that are either two or three hops away from your target genes. So here we can go ahead and apply that uh, filter. Now, just like we saw in upstream regulators, uh, the next column is going to provide you information on um, the activity the activity state of that um, particular mass regulator. And then this uh, column right here shows you the genes from your data set that are uh, targeted within this network. Now we are interested in viewing networks which show links um, or paths between your master regulator and the genes in your data set. And so this column right here called the causal network column shows you that. And so uh, the first number is going to uh, refer to the number of target molecules from your data set. And then the second number in parentheses represents the number of upstream regulators, including the master regulator that participate in this network. And so this um, target connected regulator column tells you what is known in the literature about how many regulators in this network um, interact with at least one downstream target molecule in your data set. And so here you can see, for example, if we just highlight um, this particular row, you can see that those 36 um, regulators are also um, interacting. Those 36 regulators um, also interact with um, the, your data set uh, molecules. And so let's go ahead and take a look at the uh, causal network for um, CD80, uh, just because it is um, highly significant um, in your data set and um, it has like a nice, um, nice uh, manageable uh, network. And so here we can open up uh, this uh, network and look at it in more detail, especially just clicking on the hyperlink that is present under the causal uh, networks uh, column. And so I'm just gonna go ahead and click that. So again, you can access that causal network by going to the causal networks column and then clicking on that hyperlink. And so uh, this network is arranged so that the master regulator is located on the top of the network and is connected by uh, each of these intermediate um, upstream regulators. Now the table below is going to contain information about the target genes uh, or molecules from your data set that are downstream of these uh, regulators. Just gonna go ahead and just make this a little bit bigger so you can see it better. 
And so this is the same type of table that we saw when we examine uh, mechanistic networks. So here again, uh, you have your um, target genes coming from your data set, how they are behaving in your data set, whether they're up and down regulated. And then you can see what type of molecule that you are uh, interested in. And so similar with um, the mechanistic networks uh, table, we do have columns for each of the uh, regulators um, found within uh, this network. And so here um, you can see and take a look at those um, annotations um, to see how uh, that specific um, relationship is between uh, your targets and your uh, regulator of interest. And so here we can see that we have a um, activating uh, relationship. And again, uh, we can hover over uh, that uh, annotation to get information on how IPA defined this to be an activating relationship. And then here we have an inhib inhibitory relationship. And again, you can take a look at um, those annotations to get information on um, how um, on how IPA is uh, supporting uh, this inhibition uh, relationship. So just a show of hands, how many of you uh, find these uh, annotations useful uh, to get an idea of how um, different things are interacting with each other? So I can see that uh, many of you would find um, these annotations useful. And so again, these can be easily accessed with just hovering over it and you can uh, get information that way. Now, um, same uh, as we saw with the uh, mechanistic network, uh, you can select molecules, target molecules of interest, and you can um, add the target genes to your network by simply uh, utilizing uh, the add to network option. And so here we can add those. and see how uh, they are connected to this um, hierarchical uh, network. So we can see how um, CDAB through the interaction of these intermediate regulators um, can influence uh, the uh, expression changes observed in these uh, downstream uh, targets. And so I'm just gonna go ahead and just close this and go back to our uh, causal networks uh, tab. And so um, here we're interested in understanding how ulcerative colitis uh, is affected by these master regulators. And so to view that relationship, we can uh, focus on uh, these uh, two columns right here. And so when you score uh, your network, networks to a particular function or a gene, uh, you're gonna get these two additional columns that let you know how those uh, master regulators are related. And so um, to view, so this is, so um, the, uh, this column right here, which is uh, just labeled ulcerative colitis uh, length slash path, uh, lets you know um, how uh, your master regulator is connected to your uh, function of interest. And so here, uh, the length tells you uh, the number of steps or hops. So the first number is going to be the length, 
And so the length is going to tell you uh, the number of steps or hops uh, from the master regulator to this biological uh, function. And then the second number is going to be uh, the path. And so the path tells you the number of paths or ways the master regulator can connect to a biological function. And so here, for example, if you take a look at the CD80, there are three different uh, hops in which um, CD80 is connected to ulcerative colitis. And there are two different ways in which that connection is made. And so to view this, uh, you can simply just click on that hyperlink. And so what this is going to do is this is going to open up that same uh, causal network that we saw earlier. Uh, but in addition to opening, in addition to showing that hierarchical uh, network, it's also going to show you how CD80 is connected to um, ulcerative colitis. And so here you can see that we have uh, the path which again is going to have um, three hops. So one, two, three hops connecting uh, CD80 to ulcerative colitis. And so you will also see this path tab that is added. And so here you can see that there are two different ways in which CD80 is connected to ulcerative colitis by again, three different hops. And so similar as we saw earlier, uh, you can add these different paths by simply selecting them and adding them to this network. And so by taking a look at this network, um, not only can you build a network in which uh, you can see how targets from your data set are connected and being regulated by this master regulator, but you can also see how uh, this master regulator is connected uh, to your, um, your uh, function of interest. So just a show of hands, uh, how many of you would uh, find um, building a network like this uh, useful when it comes to um, writing a preliminary grant, identifying uh, what ways to really uh, generate and fine tune your hypothesis. So I can see that many of you would find this useful. And so here you can export this as an image, share it with a colleague or add it to your proposal by simply clicking on the um, uh, image icon. And so here you can um, export in different formats as well as in different uh, resolutions. And so um, kind of sort of just to uh, summarize, um, in the upstream analysis tab under uh, the upstream regulators, uh, we looked at mechanistic networks. We showed how multiple upstream regulators are connected to each other. And then we looked at um, causal uh, networks where we found a novel master regulator and saw how um, it influences a biological function. And so we're gonna go ahead and take a look at regulatory regulator effects. But before that, um, we can take a quick break to answer any questions um, that are available.
Thank you. And given time, we will make it super quick. Uh, so in upstream analysis, heat map of your comparison analysis, there's a column titled death. Uh, could you explain what death is? On which one? Yeah, so this is something you kind of went over RSLE and maybe the question came right before that. But you know, in causal network, there's a death column, one, two, three. Can you briefly go over that again, what that is? Oh, yes. So the depth uh, represents the hops. And so here, for example, um, it represents the hops between uh, your master regulator and your uh, downstream targets. In this case, it's one, two hops to get to the uh, downstream targets, and you can have three hops, which would be one, two, three, or one direct hop, which is um, a direct interaction between the master regulator and your downstream targets. So just uh, represents the, the distance between them. All right. And when one sets up core analysis, like what do they typically filter on? Is it something like lock full change or full change, or is it more of like normalized counts and counts? Um, so for core analysis, you do want to add uh, differential values. Uh, so typically uh, you would filter for log ratio, ratio, uh, full change. Um, normalized counts, um, typically, I mean, they, unless you did a comparison and that's what you're using as your, your measurement value, but typically you do want um, values that have negative and positive ranges. Yep. And another thing that Araceli briefly covered early on is also p-value, FDR collected, uh, corrected p-value. So if you have them, then you can filter based on those as well, but not required by any means. Again, given time, and I know you have more to cover, we'll go ahead and um, you know uh, pass it back to you. And to our attendees, we'll take even more questions live towards the end. So if you have more questions, please paste in Q&A box. Thanks. So thanks everyone for the questions. And so um, regulator effects uh, takes advantage of causality and directionality in IPA's knowledge base and connects uh, upstream regulators uh, to disease and functions uh, using information coming from your data sets. And so these networks are automatically generated by uh, merging your upstream um, analysis and your diseases and functions uh, results uh, from your data set using uh, your molecules as intermediates that carry the signals from the activated or inhibited um, upstream regulator to the uh, downstream outcomes. And so unlike canonical pathways, which are curated and designed by our scientists based on selected uh, publications, uh, regulator effects generates directional networks based on your data using a much wider range of literature sources, allowing you to generate a novel hypothesis. And so here you can visualize how the activation of this upstream regulator affects the downstream uh, target molecules in your data set that leads to a decrease in a disease or function. And so the resulting um, regulator effects network can help you identify potential drug targets, um, model not mechanisms of efficiency and much more. And so going into uh, the software, and so um, regulator facts. Um, so here in regulator facts, uh, the table is going to consist of several statistically significant networks ranked by their uh, consistency score. And so a consistency score is calculated for each network and is used solely for ranking the network. 
of the SCORE rewards highly connected uh, networks that have consistent relationships. Uh, this means that the observed or predicted direction of activity among the regulators, um, your data set molecules, and the diseases and functions is consistent with a direction that would be expected uh, from findings in IPA's knowledge base. And so here, uh, the node total shows a total uh, sum of all of the molecules, diseases, and functions that make up the network. Um, this is the number of regulators um, in the network. And then you can see what those regulators are here. Uh, this is the total number of um, target genes coming from your data set that make part of this network. And then these are what uh, those specific targets are. And then this table also lists uh, the number of diseases and functions associated with the network. And then you can see what those uh, disease or functions um, are as well. Now, the last column right here, which is the known regulator disease slash function relationship column, tells you how many and what percentage of relationships between a upstream regulator and disease or function in the network has already been reported in the literature. And so here, for example, if we take a look at this one right here, you can see that there's 0%. And so um, in this um, example, you can see that the network, that uh, this uh, network, the relationship between the upstream regulator and the function has not been reported in the literature before. Um, so if you are looking to, um, identify novel or new um, connections by taking a look at uh, these with the zero percentage uh, can lead you to a direction where what you're looking at, uh, you are the first person um, doing so. So just a show of hands, how many of you would find um, the ability to automatically and easily see what relationships have not been seen in the literature pretty useful uh, when it comes to uh, identifying a new hypothesis? So I can see that uh, many of you uh, would find that uh, useful. And so let's go ahead and just take a look at this network. So here we can see um, that this is a brand new uh, network in which uh, this regulator and this function have not been associated directly in the literature. And so to look at the network, you can just simply click on the ID uh, hyperlink. I'm going to go ahead and center this. And I'm also going to turn on a feature just to kind of highlight the importance of this network. So the um, uh, the trace finder allows you to fade distant nodes. And so this is a nice feature um, that's useful when you have a very crowded network and you want to isolate uh, certain things. And so um, regulator effects networks have a hierarchical structure with the upstream regulator um, at the top of the network, your data set molecules uh, in the middle, and then your disease or function um, going to be at the bottom. And so with regulator effects, uh, relationships between this uh, upstream regulator and this uh, function can be hypothesized. And so uh, upstream regulators that do not have relationships uh, lines connecting to a disease or function um, imply that you have possibly discovered a novel association. And so um, this is especially likely when there are multiple paths 
that go from the regulator um, through your data set molecules um, to the downstream outcome. And so uh, here, for example, there are no known relationships in IPA's knowledge base between um, this uh, particular um, regulator and uh, activation of uh, leukocytes. But there are known relationships between this regulator and several of your uh, data set molecules um, that you see listed here. Now, you can also see that there are known relationships between these particular genes uh, from your data set and activation of uh, leukocytes. And so this is significant because um, all of these relationships come from different papers. So you can be the first person to make a connection that this uh, regulator impacts uh, these different genes from your data set that lead to uh, downstream functions. And you can use this to find potential mechanisms of action. And so based on this, you can hypothesize that um, this particular uh, regulator increases the activation of glucocytes um, in um, ulcerative colitis uh, compared to controls, but taking a look at this network and seeing uh, the intermediate connections. So, just a raise of hand, um, how many of you have actually used this feature before um, to sort of like identify uh, some novel um, hypotheses? I can see that a few of you um, have uh, utilized um, this before. So um, the regulator um, effects allows you uh, to identify uh, the different ways in which the results from your um, upstream analysis and disease and functions um, are connected through uh, the molecules coming from your uh, data set. Okay. And so um, lastly, we're just going to go ahead and um, look at some uh, new features that are available within um, IPA. And so with the latest uh, releases of IPA, you can now generate um, bubble charts for clinical pathways. And so bubble charts uh, represent relationships between uh, multiple variables in an easily understood graphical uh, form where each bubble uh, represents a single data point. And so the default uh, bubble chart plots um, can be uh, modified to generate, we see here a sort of like volcano plot where we have uh, those pathways that are predicted to be activated on the um, right-hand side and those pathways that are predicted to be inhibited on the left-hand side. And it's ranked by significance. So the higher the bubble plot, the higher the significance. And then here you can see um, the number of genes uh, that are overlapped by represented by the size of the uh, plot. And so if we take a look at this feature in the um, core analysis, if we go into the canonical pathways tab and go to canonical pathways. Um, so this is going to display the most significant pathways enriched in your data set. And so by default, um, the pathways are displayed in a vertical uh, bar chart. Uh, where the height of the bar represents the significance and then the color of the um, bar represents uh, the predicted behavior of that pathway, where orange is predicted activation and then blue is predicted inhibition. And so here you can um, 
display this um, information in different uh, graphical ways by going into the um, vertical, by going into this drop down menu. And so here, using this drop down menu, we can select the bubble chart option. And so here you can see uh, the different um, pathway categories on the um, left, and then uh, the significance here um, at the bottom. And so each uh, bubble represents a particular pathway. So if you hover over that bubble, you can see what that pathway is. And then um, the size of the bubble represents the abridgment uh, in terms of how many genes from your data set are present in that particular pathway. And so this uh, chart can be customized um, by going into the customized chart option. And so here, I'm just gonna make this a little bit wider so you guys can see it better. So here, not only can you um, select what type of pathways you wanna display, uh, but if you scroll down to the bottom, you can also uh, define how you want to um, arrange your bubble chart. So if you are interested in generating a volcano plot sort of uh, figure, you can um, set the y-axis to significance and the x-axis to z-score, apply that information. And so here you can see we've sort of generated a nice cool looking uh, volcano plot-ish figure uh, where we have those pathways that are significantly predicted to be activated on the right-hand side and those that are predicted to be significantly inhibited on the left-hand side. And so again, you can hover over those plots and get information not only on what that pathway is, but if you click on the bubble, you can get information about how what genes present in your data set are present in this pathway and how they are behaving. So just a show of hands, um, how many of you uh, can see themselves uh, using this bubble plot feature um, and sort of generating different ways to view, view it to look at the data in different um, orientations. So I can see that many of you would find that uh, useful. And so the last feature uh, that I'm going to highlight today is the pattern search feature. And so pattern search enables you to instantly scan over 135,000 omics soft analysis coming from the public domain using a collection of genes uh, from your data as a query and uh, discover which public analysis have similar or uh, different uh, patterns of gene expression to yours. And so here analysis, here analysis with matching patterns of gene expression to ICAM-1 um, network have been selected. And you can see that around um, 30 to 40% of those genes queried match a direction of expression observed in other analysis relevant to ulcerative colitis, allowing you to um, identify some possible gene signatures for ulcerative colitis. And so um, the pattern search feature um, can be accessed. So if we go, let's say we go back to uh, the upstream analysis and go back to our upstream regulators. And so here you can say, you know, I find um, I'm interested in ICAM-1. And I know that ICAM-1 is um, regulating the expression changes of 29 genes um, in my data set. So when I take a look at this as a network,
not only can I see how ICAM-1 is um, connected to all of these downstream targets coming from um, the data set, but you can also see um, how these genes are expressed. And so this allows you to visualize an expression pattern for this particular network. And so looking at this network, you may ask, are there other analyses that have a similar expression pattern? Can these um, genes serve as signatures for ulcerative colitis? And so by clicking on this pattern search, IPA is going to compare this set of up and down regulated uh, genes to the significantly differentially expressed genes in more than 135,000 OmicSoft data sets. And what it's going to do, it's going to generate a volcano plot as an output with a C-score on the x-axis and then significance on the y-axis. And so here, uh, matching patterns are going to contribute to a positive z-score. And then anti-matching patterns are going to contribute to a negative z-score, where each individual dot is going to represent a um, analysis coming from public data sets from GEO, SRA, and more. And so using this plot, uh, you may want to know what analysis have a similar pattern of expression to the ICAM-1 network. And so for that, you can select those analysis that are to the right. And so this is going to cause this table at the bottom to auto-populate uh, with those analysis uh, that have matching patterns and expression to our ICAM-1 uh, network. And so here, uh, this table is going to provide you with different information, not only about the analysis, but how well um, that analysis matches your uh, network. And so uh, as it's auto-populating, uh, this is gonna give you the name of that analysis, where that analysis is coming from, whether it's uh, an oncology-related analysis, a non-oncology-related analysis, and here, the column to uh, focus on is going to be this um, overlap ratio column. And so the overlap ratio column indicates how many genes in a specific analysis overlap with the number of genes used in the query. And so uh, once this loads, uh, we can get uh, a little bit more details. And so here, for example, we can see that we queried 29 genes. And out of those 29 genes, 19 matched. Now the C-score consistency column indicates how many of those overlapping genes also match the direction of expression of the genes in the query. So here you can see that out of those 19 genes that match, 19 genes also match the direction of expression. So if we were to click on that hyperlink, we can see that not only are these 19 genes upregulated in our ICAM-1 network, but they are also upregulated in this mouse study that's looking at colitis uh, using colon as their tissue. So by taking a look at um, this information, you can help um, validate um, possible uh, gene signatures of interest. So here, um, if we sort uh, this 
if we isolate um, this table to look at those um, that are relevant to ulcerative colitis um, by filtering for this uh, case um, disease state column and go with those that are. You can see that there are that 40 to 50% of our genes match to these other um, analysis coming from human and mouse looking at ulcerative colitis. So if your goal um, is to uh, validate um, genes um, as a possible signature for your disease state, uh, the pattern search feature um, can be very useful in um, providing evidence uh, to further support uh, that validation. And so here um, you can examine how your match, how they match uh, gene by gene by simply selecting those analysis and then clicking on that gene heat map um, option. And so here you can see that not only um, are these genes upregulated in our data sets, but they are also upregulated in uh, these data sets that are relevant to um, ulcerative colitis. Um, so again, you can use this as further evidence supporting that these genes may play an um, important role in the uh, pathology that you're studying. So just a show of hands, for those of you that are working with gene signatures or validating or identifying gene signatures, would this be um, a feature that you would find um, useful in facilitating that validation process? I can see that uh, many of you would find uh, this feature useful. And so um, today we uh, looked at uh, different uh, components of a course analysis. So uh, we went through an overview of what um, IPA utilizes uh, to um, do its prediction activity by utilizing the Z-score. We took a look at mechanistic networks um, to study how multiple regulators uh, interact with each other, uh, causal networks uh, where we can identify a mass regulator that's driving expression changes, uh, regulator effects um, to identify new potential mechanisms of actions using uh, the molecules um, in your data set. And then lastly, uh, we took a look at pattern search. It um, can allow you to query um, a collection of genes um, and see how those um, are expressed across um, different public sources. And so with this, uh, thank you for your time and for your questions. And if there's any uh, remaining questions, I'd be happy to take them. Thank you, Araceli. Um, in terms of questions, like many questions came in. Uh, we answered some questions live and I know Kyle answered even more uh, in written format. So that's wonderful. Um, one thing I want to mention before we go into questions is I pasted a SurveyMonkey link in the chat box. It would be great if you can provide us with some feedback, things that you might have liked about the training, things you wish we would do differently, things you know you want to uh, have us cover in the future training. Any and every feedback would be very welcome. Um, one very relevant question came up uh, for regulatory effect. What does a negative consist consistency score mean? Is there a cutoff value for consistency score that should be accepted for trustworthy publication, uh, trustworthy predictions? Um, so consistency, so negative one, I actually go back to that. 
So as I mentioned, uh, the consistency score um, is basically um, looks at um, rewarding highly connected networks that are that have consistent relationships uh, within um, within the the literature. And so, um, in terms of a negative one, I don't. I think so. Then the negative scoring, which just represent um, that the relationships are the opposite of what you would expect in literature. Um, so, I, so I would, if you're looking for ways to, to rank um, that information, um, just seeing the ranking that we have would be uh, useful. Right, so, I mean, for this, I would request users to uh, first familiarize yourself with the concept of yellow lines in IPA, right? So give you guys a simple example. Um, this is gene one. This is gene two. They're both present in your data set. In your data set, gene one is up. Gene two is up, all right? This is in your data set so far. And according to IPS database, gene one upregulates gene two, right? So this would be consistent. On the other end, in your data set, you have gene two and gene two is down, all right? So gene one is up, but gene two is down in your data set, right? But according to literature in IPS database, this is also supposed to upregulate, you know, this other gene two, all right? So this would be inconsistent. All right, so this is my very simple explanation between what is considered consistent versus inconsistent. Long story short, IPA makes this calculation. It's a bit more complex than what I have described over here. And when things fall more in inconsistent direction, then you will have that type of score basically, all right? So does that mean that uh, it is not reliable? It is not trustworthy? Not necessarily in my humble scientific opinion. And the reason behind it is we have to keep in mind that biological system that other people might be using in their publication might be different than yours, right? So if I were you, I would still like look at the network as long as it might have genes of your interest, biological processes of your interest. And after studying it, after reviewing the underlying literature, I would make a decision whether that is something that can be useful for your hypothesis generation, for your experimental design, or for uh, drawing scientific conclusion or not, okay? Um, another question is, how do you simply describe the difference between connect and path explorer tools in build feature in IPA? Um, so connect looks at ways in which um, nodes are connected to each other. Um, so there's typically going to be like direct connections, um, direct relationships, whereas Path Explorer looks at different paths, different ways in which they're connected. And this can be a connection, be a, this can be a direct connection or a connection through intermediates. And so uh, one way to sort of like look at it is, you know, if you have your two nodes uh, connect, we'll look at different ways in which they're associated, whereas Path Explorer will take a look at, in, at different ways in which these are connected either through inter a intermediate or two, as well as um, direct connections as well. 
those are the differences between the Connect and uh, Path Explorer. All right, wonderful. So in terms of questions, I don't see any other questions. As always, we'll stick around for 30 to 45 more sec uh, seconds to make sure that if someone is typing any question, then we uh, answer that. But otherwise, thank you very much to all of you for attending. Thank you to Kyle for all the answers he wrote down uh, for all the technical questions, for Brittany for helping out with licensing related question. And we hope to see you guys in future trainings.